0: Card presents Back Issue Bloodpath with your hosts,
1: Andrew Young and Petula Neal.
0: Imagine a world where you could live technically your best life, or at least it feels like your best life, because it's the life you want to see. These days, everybody sees the world the way they want to see it, but in the future, that can go to the next level, where you can literally see it the way you want to see it. So what happens in a world where no one is truthful to even themselves? Where does the truth lie? Where can things be clear? Welcome to back to bloodbath. I'm Andrew Young. I'm Neal. And this week we're talking about a book called Clear. It was a comicsology original and distributed through Dark Horse in the comic shops written by Scott Snyder with artwork and colors by Francis Manipole. Now I was very excited when this book came out because it's been a while since I've gotten to see some Francis Manipole interiors on the regular. And that's because of course, some things have happened in Francis Manipole's life. Uh, know, some bad things happened to him and his family and hopefully they're in a better place now and things are getting better and good. Um, so I'm really happy to see that, Uh, uh, He's got the comic work coming out again, and uh, so I picked up this book specifically for that. And then when I open it up to find out it's a futuristic noir, kind of cyberpunk type tale, I was like, "All right, I think I made a right choice here." Uh, Patula, had you heard about Clear before I brought it up to you?
1: I had, and I remember just thinking it's pretty. Yeah, and I'm still. pretty sure somewhere in here I at least have the single right, issue one of issue one because I remember opening up and thinking oh my god it's almost like if you took a bit of like a Darwin type energy and then a Jim Bartell, Jim Bartell kind of Jodie Belair level kind of colors and smushed like that's what it's giving you through a lot of it because it's almost rainbow level coloring for some of the panels but the style because it's like a very kind of old-timey noir but distant future so you're getting a lot of that here's your femme fatale here's your kind of beat up downtrodden person who's investigating that you don't know if they're a reliable narrator or not it's giving me all of the things that i love about old darwin stuff but it's also the colors are just because they use the kind of veil um narrative of you can pick the reality you want and you can and it becomes more dangerous the more people you try to share with share that reality with other folks understanding that what you see becomes more obviously heightened we're sharpened if you will sort of like when we first saw some of our favorite actors on HD once TVs got past 720p. And it was like, no, this is too much. (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, (laughs)
0: that's exactly what it's like. It's like HD television. Yes. Too much.
1: Yeah. But, but in this, in a comic, it's beautiful. It's like, give me this, give me every panel, just suffuse it with light and color. So I know that when you get to later on in in the story and you find out different things about who's using um, this technology to obscure their reality and who is isn't, and how different people are seeing different versions of the world. It explains so much about how the book looks from the beginning. It's definitely one of those stories that like watching Sixth Sense for the first time or certain things is like, I want to read it again or like watching Get Out for the first time. Like you want to immediately start from the beginning again once you get to the end.
0: Right. Exactly. Define or usual suspects is another one where it's like, cause then you want us pick out the, Oh, did they give us hints here and there? Totally. Yeah. Yeah, And that's what this is. This is such a really good, like kick you in the pants kind of third act. And the
1: color work is part of that. Oh yeah. Totally. Hint story. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the color work kind of really presents the world, um, and all of its many colors, because as we mentioned, it's a future, it's kind of dystopian, um, where everybody kind of is living in their own version of life because they have these things called veils. Everybody's eyes have them, and you pay a certain price to see the life that you want. It's kind of like skins in a video game, but instead you're putting it on everything as opposed to just yourself. And the clear option, the option to not have a veil is actually the most expensive version that you that you have to pay for, which I find kind of interesting. There's no opt out on this. It's like, if you want reality, you got to pay the highest level. So whoever is in charge of the veils is in charge of everyone, even if you don't want to be uh in on the game. And there's a reason for that later that's revealed. That's like, oh, okay, that's why that is. But we're focusing on uh, a private detective named Dunes, who he used to be a cop. He used to be a lot of things. He used to have a family. He used to be happy. Now he just works to fill his time. It's like he's just going to be a detective to try to forget the life he once had. And he's given a job to, you know, a regular job to find out if uh, a guy is uh, cheating on his wife in the veil sense. Um, and he does that. But at the same time, while that is going on, He finds out from the cops that his wife is dead. His wife, who was also a cop, she's dead now. And he has to identify the body. And within 24 hours of her death, he receives a package where she's kind of revealed that she was murdered. She sends him a message saying, I was murdered. So now it becomes he's going to find his ex-wife's killer. And how does this all connect to the veils and society it becomes like something bigger than that. it starts out as a murder mystery and it becomes like a kind of um, expose on society in that world, which I always love when it's like issue one, you've got something that's very personal that by the end of the story is still very personal, but then also affects everybody else too. I love it when you can pull that cause it's hard to pull off. I feel that Scott Snyder pulls it off here.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, as I said up front, it definitely makes you immediately want to just start from page one again. Because if you just pick this up to like page one, you'd think, oh, this is really pretty and interesting, and if you like some of the other things that we've liked, especially things more in the... I'm going to call it the the Phillips family oeuvre, then the story on the face of it would definitely appeal to you. But it's also doing... A lot of kind of near future technology conspiracy shenanigan stuff that is very of the moment. So even though this isn't, it's, it's fairly recent, but definitely reading it now while everyone's freaking about AI as well, it's even better.
0: Yeah. No, definitely yeah. the, the idea of technology. And its effect on our lives and our society and our, our, our personal lives. Which and is how fun. much we
1: submit to it.
0: Exactly. Well, it's like, you don't realize it until, till there's times when it's not around. Like yeah, I was talking to you before earlier today, I went, I had a internet outage for about 10 hours and that was 10 hours. I really couldn't do anything because all of my plans were work that I was going to do online. And it's like, Oh wow. You, yeah, they've really got me hooked. They've all the things I was going to do. I needed them for. And yeah, you're not plugging into the
1: Oasis. The Oasis is already plugged into you. Like it's just, yeah, uh, you're yeah, exactly. un, almost unable to function.
0: Yeah, exactly. And so I thought they did a really good job of making Dunes a, a character to follow. Cause Dunes isn't uh, like an affable guy. Dunes is your, your typical, my life got screwed over. So I've kind of become a loner type dude, but he's not the full on loner asshole type that sometimes these characters can go down. He's a character that it's like, you know what? He might, he might be off to himself, but I feel like he's got uh got a more tender heart. And as the book goes on, yeah, you find out, well, yeah, he does. He has more heart than your average anti hero. And uh, I really dig the design of, you know, cause he's just a regular guy, but when he puts on that motorcycle helmet, which he has yeah. painted on, the, the eyes, the open eyes to kind of show that he, you're, you're really trying to tell with that image that it's like, this is your main character and he's the person who knows what's going on. He sees everything and you're seeing it from his point of view. Now, does he, is he right? Does he see everything? That's something we find out together. But just those big painted eyes, it's like automatically you're like, okay, what's going to happen to this character? Like I'm immediately drawn in
1: and. Talking about eyes, that's one of my favorite panels. It isn't with the helmet on. It's with his eyes in the reveal from the wife. And I don't want to spoil how she tells him. Mm. You see the reflection of his eyes on metal in that panel. And it's great. Like, it was one of those maestro. It's like the first time I went to... Uh, Krispy Kreme in America, and watched like the the symphony of donut creation, and literally applauded at the end. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It was really good. It's exactly it's exactly the same business. Krispy
0: Kreme finding out the truth about the entirety of society. The exact same thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you just you feel like a truth is revealed to you. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, totally, totally. But yeah, no, the eyes. Are very expressive and the imagery of eyes are used throughout this. And like the actual painted eyes, which I kind of didn't mention, they're eyes, but they're also hands. They're handprints with eyes in them. And that there's a reason for that that is also revealed later. So a lot of symbolism in this book and like just manipul is one of those artists that, and this is, I think, the reason why earlier on in his career, he DC let him write a lot of the books he was drawing is that he knows sequential storytelling. He's able to take, like you could take like, again, it's a noir. So you need the narration to fully understand what's going on. But if you took that out, you'd still be able to follow the um, superficial level, like the first level of the story without any issues. It's always action packed. He knows how to make a, uh, a quiet scene more dynamic and make you sit in it and knows how to make an action scene feel kinetic and crazy. And that's hard to do when the reader has the ability to move the pages themselves. The art is compelling you to stay on certain panels and to move fast with others. And I think he does a great job with that in this.
1: Also the use of color helps situate you as well. So you don't need as much. much exposition as you move through different parts of the story so when you get a flashback to when our main character is meeting his wife and other things we have a very different kind of almost more painterly but sort of normal real world color color story happening and then when we're following them through the the main investigation that's where we get some of that more um what I would liken to some of the Geordie, Jen Bartel kind of like we're getting, it's very bisexual lighting. It's even like Cliff Chang, like, oh my God, the purple, so much purple. Like it's a lot of that, but it's just very much part of this is how we know who's our POV character because of the device of the veils and different people are using different levels of transparencies between them and reality. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's as clever as it is beautiful.
0: Totally. Now I got to ask because myself, I wouldn't know, but you might've, you might've partaken in some things before you read these books.
1: I read it across three chunks of time. And because of the fun colors, definitely first act, very gummy heavy. Yeah. Last act was more bourbon, middle, straight.
0: Okay. So you felt it on all levels on this mm-hmm. one.
1: Yeah. And it
0: worked on all levels for you.
1: Oh, the business. And then when I started to like do the re, not like a full reread of every panel, but like a re-skim, just some wine, just like, you know, daytime rosé on the weekend. There you yeah. go. There you go. Yeah. Yes. Actually, it was like. The, the first half of this lovely uh, table wine rose from Kelowna. Well, there you go. Yeah. Getting some BC wine in there. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Good yeah. Stuff. And a lovely light pink to go with the very sort of, I won't even call it bisexual lighting. I'm going to call it Cliff Chang lighting. Like it's very, well, it's, it's dreamlike. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very life. paper girls. If you love the color story and paper girls, also like this, if you pick books based on color story, this is for you.
0: Definitely. But it's also one of those books that kind of is cross genre. Like it's a sci-fi. It's a mystery story. It's an action. It's a dystopian future. It hits so many, like it checks so many boxes and it does each of them. Well, it doesn't feel like he's like Snyder and Manipole are kind of like shoving it into these things. No, it just easily slides into all of these different genres
1: yeah. We're not getting a lot of black people, but there's a couple. So even if like you like Afrofuturism stuff, also I would recommend. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, but at the same time, also like throughout all of this, somehow, even though it's in, it's a sci-fi, it takes place in the future and everything. And you mentioned it, the, the classic noir, as you, as you put it, the, uh, the, the more Darwin cook like kind of feel it's got that there too. It definitely has an old time detective story at the heart of this book. Now, I don't know about you, but I really want to see Scott Snyder and Francis Manapul work together again on another project real soon. Oh, good Lord.
1: Yes. But I also just want to see Francis just the level of visual storytelling. And this is next level. So I just want to see whatever else they're going to do.
0: Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Francis has always been great. And I feel like this is kind of like, this is leveled up from his previous work on things like the flash um, definitely something that uh, people should check out. And Scott, you know, Scott, I always thought Scott was a good writer. You know, he's one of the few people that I could handle as Batman. Um, like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of Batman. To say to say that I can handle Scott Snyder's Batman is a huge compliment. Um, but to see him work here with these original characters, it was just so much fun. I want to see Scott and Francis you more in this universe I want to see Scott and Francis create new things together because they were the co-creators on this uh and it was just it was an experience like if you like Blade Runner this book's for you if you like Paper Girls this book's for you if you like I don't know like old um Dashiell Hammett
1: novels this is for you (laughs) if you like Ready Player One
0: yeah if you like Ready Player One this will be your come down to be like, this is what real player one would really be like. Motherfucker. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it is. It's gorgeous. It's good storytelling. They've built a world where you could do like a million disconnected spinoffs of different ways that people use this technology for good or for ill, for personal, for, you know, for the people around them. I like, there's so many stories you could think of from this. And I love that, that, It this that the beginnings of this world exists, is great.
0: And hell, also if you're somebody who's going through a hard time, you can read this story and go, at least I'm not going through what this fucker's going through.
1: Yeah, and and it's a great conversation starter. Just like my favorite, one of my favorite films, Afterlife, that is sort of like you have to pick one memory from your whole life to take with you and everything else is gone. Like this is what version of you, what version of your life, what sliding door moment, would you redo change or what thing would you pick and sort of stay in that to be your, the base for your veil? And like what a great conversation starter that could be with friends to sort of think about that.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. It's a book that makes you think and that's, that's what you want. You know, like you want something that can be fun and exciting, but also give you some thoughts, give you some, a takeaway to think about as well. Uh, and i really hope that uh, everybody you know takes away this book that they go and they they check it out either on Comixology or uh, get the physicals i know that the trade is going to be coming out from dark horse very soon the first three the three issues came out now a trade is going to be coming out uh, for it uh, sometime in the next few months definitely pick it up i think this is one of the best books i've read in the past two years and uh, yeah i want to see more absolutely love it Totally. Well, we've come to the end of another episode of Back Issue Bloodbath. Petula, where can the good folks find you?
1: At inatif.com, on Twitter Hive, Instagram, Spoutable, TikTok, at Tawit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-I-T, and here with you.
0: And, of course, you can find everything I do over at show.com Follow me on Twitter at geekart. Follow this very show on Facebook at Back Issue Bloodbath, where we post a new episode every week. But the easiest way to make sure you don't miss an episode is to subscribe to us on your podcasting platform of choice. And when you do that, my heart will grow just a little bit bigger, but not in like a bad like health way, but in more like a, oh, that's lovely type way. Because I know sometimes people's enlarged hearts is a bad thing. But for me, it would make me feel good inside is what I'm saying. This has been back. You should Blood, I've been Andrew
1: Young. I've been Patel O'Neill.
0: Have yourself a good...